Hey everyone, how you doing today? Episode number two with Dion from Dion Talk on YouTube is we are going to talk about a being a million dollars in debt. How crushing and absolutely demoralizing that must be. Just kidding. So how you doing, Dion? I'm doing great. And it's it's kind of funny that having that much debt was an actual goal. <laughs> it was, right. So, <laughs> it's like, so huh? my, right. my brother uh, retired off of rental properties. He paid off his house, took out a home equity line of credit for 75000 to 100000 or somewhere in there. And then he would buy mobile homes in the middle of nowhere with a, that home equity line of credit, fix them up, pay that off, and then rinse and repeat. So he's never really had more debt than the mortgage on his house, whether it was the mortgage or the HELOC. Mm -hmm. And the first time I went to buy a duplex with debt as a form of house hacking, um, our favorite term in my family is, is not a nice one. He called me a moron. No, because no. Only a moron would take on that much debt. Um, ah, yes. I and see. so I don't like the term, but our family uses it all the time. It's inside joke. And I it's guess. a really ribbing. It is. It's a, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a simple concept that and a, somebody with a master's degree in accounting or yeah. something could probably explain it. But here's a layman's view of looking at debt. Yeah. Banks make a lot of money. I think banks are run by smart people. And what consumers don't think of is when we put money in the bank, that is a liability to the bank. Yep. The bank is going to pay you. It's it's a ridiculously small amount of interest now, but you know, 30, 40 years ago, it was 11, 13, 12% that they would pay on money that you put into, you know, an account in the bank. Mm -hmm. It's like 0.02% now, but even if it's a small amount, it's still a liability to the bank. Why would the bank want you to put money in the bank if it's going to cost them money? Right. Because they're going to take the money and put it to work and make more money than what they're paying you. Mm -hmm. Investing in cash flowing assets is the same premise as as what the bank is doing yes i'm going to take money from the bank which is a liability i'm going to owe the bank interest on that money mm -hmm. but i'm going to put it to work somewhere where it makes more money than what it's costing me to pay the bank mm -hmm. so the million dollars in debt wasn't a really a goal but more good debt that was making me more money than the interest that i had to pay back was the goal and as I was growing that, you know, if you're getting a 10% cash on cash return on your money, which was my goal in my market, and some it's eight, I made an offer on a duplex today that's at 8% um, because it's just harder to find a good deal now. And that seems yeah. to be more average, you know, more great in my market. Five is still percent as average. Okay. But how much money it takes to be financially free is for some people, 30, 40, 50, $60,000 a year that you don't have to work for. Right. Well, at a 10% return, that just means you need to invest, you know, $100,000 to get 10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So the more you borrow, I don't, it, how much debt I have doesn't matter as long as the yield on what I'm spending is that percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And about a month ago, two months ago, I was doing a video on which came first, a million dollar net worth or a million dollar in debt. And I went through and actually did the chronology on investing. And it was almost a year before doing the video that I had a million dollars in debt. So more debt, more good debt was the goal. And I didn't even realize when I hit a million dollars in debt and a million dollars in net worth. Wow. Um, and so part of my 
scarcity mindset says having that much debt is is a bad thing because things can go wrong. Yeah. yeah. So what is important to me is scaling my equity position at the same time I'm scaling the debt. Mm -hmm. So in 2008, we had a lot of people who were doing 3.5 or 3%, you know, down payments on a property that they were going to live in. So they had no equity. So when prices dropped, they, they weren't, they weren't able to sell. They didn't even have the, the equity to pay the closing costs right. or the, the, the agent costs. fees to yeah. sell the property, right? Selling costs. And my goal is to keep at least 30% equity. So oh, every nice. time I'm adding a new mortgage, I am doing 20 or 25% down and it tracks pretty much along with having better than 30% equity because the properties that I own from last year mm. have appreciated. There and I was go. hoping for five, 6% a year. And because of a pandemic and <laughs> the, the mad rush to gain properties, it would last year was 16% in the two counties that I own properties. Not a bad so My deal. equity position is, yeah. is really good. And I can't wait to get into more debt because more debt means that equity position is also bigger. So the cash flow is also bigger. Yeah. And it was about three years into my investing where my brother came to me and finally started saying, I think what you're doing is really smart. I like what you got going on here. <laughs> you're not a moron anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. And, oh, good. Uh, Phew. I'm glad I, glad right, I have I your good. permission. <laughs> and, and it's funny. He is, he's my older brother and I respect his opinion and he sure. knew what he was doing. And so that first couple of years, I thought, am I doing this wrong? Yeah. Maybe he's got a point. This is a lot of debt. And then once I saw the cash flow and I yeah. uh, realized the power of leverage yeah. and, and not over leveraging. Yeah, there's, there's something out there that not a lot of people talk about. It's called positive leverage. There's also negative leverage. But positive leverage is simply the fact that you're borrowing money and you're earning a yield higher than the interest rate, simply said. And if we tie this back to my course, which you're a member of, right? The thing that the whole course is built on is understanding average. And you said average in your market's 5%. Okay, well, great. Now that I know average, I'm going to do eights in, in that example. Well, here's the deal. You're borrowing, and I'll just round it at four. So if you borrow at four and you're earning eight, that's positive leverage, right? If you were borrowing at eight and earning four, that's negative leverage. Um, you know, so that's that's very powerful to understand. And the whole idea is how much do you want to borrow at 4% that you can earn eight? In theory, the number is all of it, right? But you have the additional, yeah, that you have the additional thing because you you experienced or saw the crash last time. You want to be at 30% um margin of safety, right? So you're going to grow slower. Um, but that's, you know, positive leverage is people just need to realize it. Once you get on that and you get that extra, because again, you're borrowing from the bank, right? You are, you're, yeah, somebody else takes a thousand dollars, puts it in a bank, and then they lend it out at fractional lending at 8,000 and all of that. And, and you're borrowing at four, but earning eight, that's, that's the magic of financial freedom. And of course, your million dollars in debt led to a million dollars in equity that most importantly, all that other stuff doesn't matter. Your income or mailbox money or whatever you want to call it now exceeds your bills. That is the most important part. Yeah, that once work becomes optional, the entire landscape of the way you see the world changes. <laughs> Just changes. And and, and so some of the people watching are probably entrepreneurs and real estate isn't their first venture. Mm -hmm. So this is a way that I've been able to explain it to people to where it actually makes sense to both of us is a lot of people will go into debt to make money. Mm 
If you want to start a business, they're small business loans. If you want to buy an excavator because you know how to do dirt work, you can make a lot of money. But the excavator had debt associated with it. You could buy a backhoe. You could buy a pickup to you know, haul your tools to do whatever kind of job you're doing. And our minds understand that I'm buying a tool that I'm then going to add my sweat equity and my own time running to make money. It's not much of a shift to say, I'm going to buy this tool as a rental property, which isn't going to take my sweat equity and my time, but it's still going to generate enough money to justify the expense. And for the non, non-accountants watching, when we say something like, I'm going to borrow at 4% so that I can make 8%, really what we're doing is we're borrowing at 4% to make 12%. So when we're paying back the 4%, we're still profiting a full 8% um, or more. I've had deals that have, and I'm sure Mike has had some great deals too. They're, you know, they might not be the, the average everyday one that you do, mm-hmm. but most of mine get around 10 to 12%. And my last one got 17%. Um, so, um, yeah, I, and I love it. It's a bigger deal than I was going to do anyways. Yeah. Uh, and so then, I mean, really there's one other, one other thing people got to realize here is you just talked about a deal where you got 17% cash on cash or what I call yield. But you also said earlier, the market was up 16%. The cash on cash yield that we just talked about did not include the 16% extra. This is all good stuff. Learn your market, understand one rental at a time. Do the work. It's not easy. Every deal is not a deal. But if you do the work, you learn your market, they're out there. Is that fair? Yep. Yep. No, I mean, that's a perfect example of doing the work to know average. Because really what we're trying to do is put our money to work where it makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. If you can get a better return in the stock market, and people think of the price, not the cost sometimes, Mm -hmm. Um, the stock market might get you a better yield, but it's not getting you appreciation. It's not getting you principal pay down on the same scale as real estate. And it's not getting you the tax benefits that we had last year that we <laughs> might have next year. Yeah. Um, and I know, I think we're going to be talking a little bit about that today too. Okay. Yeah. That'll be episode. We got Dion for extra time. We're going to do four videos with Dion today. So pay attention to number four. This, this is number two, if you're following along. So Dion, congratulations on being a million dollars in debt. Congratulations on seven figure net worth. But again, all of that wouldn't matter unless you were financially free. And that's what I want to congratulate you for. So congratulations, Dion. No, thank you. And from coming from you, that means a lot because some of this debt, I actually kind of blame on you. Um, <laughs> I'll take the, it. <laughs> the things I'm learning has from you over the last couple of years is why I will have some debt through my life, yeah. but my kids will inherit millions based on the information I've got from you. Yes. I love to hear that. Awesome. Thanks, buddy.